Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the Hospital Finance Podcast. During the 2018 elections, many Democratic candidates and seated members of Congress came out in support of a Medicare for All plan. However, that idea means different things to different people. To discuss a recent survey that looked at perceptions of Medicare for All, I'm joined by Caroline Pearson, who is a senior fellow at NORC at the University of Chicago. In this role, she generates insights for a diverse set of stakeholders by applying NORC's rigorous analytics and research capabilities innovative solutions, and deep subject matter expertise to critical topics in healthcare. Caroline, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Caroline, for those who are not familiar, could you tell us a little bit about NORC and what you do there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, NORC is an objective, nonpartisan research institution, and we help governments, nonprofits, and businesses make better decisions through data and analysis. Sure enough. So, um, as I mentioned at the head of the podcast, you did a, uh, a study recently on uh, Medicare for All. But before we dive into that study, could you just talk to us a little bit about uh, the Medicare for All landscape as it stands in Congress right now? Absolutely. Well, as your listeners probably know, Medicare for All was a very important topic for Democrats who were running in the 2018 elections, and I certainly expect that it's going to be a central issue throughout the presidential campaign for 2020. At this point, we have at least eight legislative proposals in Congress, and we know that there's more on the way. And, you know, those proposals vary widely in terms of who's eligible to participate in a Medicare for All program, Um, whether their enrollment would be mandatory or optional, and then what the coverage and benefits would be. So, um, you know, the range is wide. On the one hand, you've got bills like that introduced by Senator Bernie Sanders, where he would actually eliminate all private coverage. He would require all Americans to enroll in Medicare. And then you'd see enhancements to the benefits, um, including no cost sharing for any of the medical services people receive. At the other end of the spectrum, we've got some plans that are more incremental, and they would really extend Medicare just to subsets of people, for instance, older people over, over 50 or 55, and they'd give them the option to enroll in Medicare basically as it exists today. So you really run the gambit with uh, proposals thus far. Yeah, and if, if memory serves, uh, when they talked about the exit polls from uh, those midterm elections, health care was still the number one issue uh, among most voters, wasn't it? Yes, healthcare has been uh, and remained a very important issue among voters, particularly among Democratic voters, and I think that's one of the reasons that you continue to see uh, Democrats bringing new ideas to the table, despite the fact that uh, the ACA was really the dominant issue in prior elections. Yeah, no doubt. Um, So let's dive into the study. Can you briefly explain um, just what you were looking at and, and trying to get at with this particular study? Sure. So, um, you know, given all of the public discussions about Medicare for All and the wide variety of proposals that have been put forth um, from lawmakers, we really wanted to understand what the general public thought that this plan was. Uh, And when they heard the words Medicare for All, what did it mean to them? So we conducted a survey using our AmeriSpeak panel, which is a nationally representative panel of households in the U.S., 
and we basically asked people uh, what they thought about a plan called Medicare for All. What have they heard about it? What did they think it was going to mean? And what would the impact be for them? Yeah, and I, and I guess um, perhaps you and I being mired in, in healthcare the way that um, we are, we hear about this all the time, but the survey showed that uh, maybe not everyone has heard about Medicare for All. Isn't that right? That's right. I was definitely surprised to see the results. Um, 46% of adults indicated that they had heard nothing at all about a Medicare for All plan, and only 13% of respondents said that they'd heard a lot about the plan. So um, awareness is definitely lower in the general public than it is among uh, healthcare experts and policy wonks like us. And so among those who had some perception um, of Medicare for all, it seemed like there was also a diversity in who they thought should be or might be included uh, in a Medicare uh, for all scenario. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, people were really all over the board in terms of what they thought Medicare for all would mean. Um, first, we said, you know, who do you think would be eligible? And about half of people said that they thought all Americans would be eligible, and that sort of makes sense given the name Medicare for All. Uh, but the other half were divided. About a quarter of them assumed that only older people, people over 50, uh, would be eligible. The other quarter of people assumed that it would only be a plan for people who didn't have access to other insurance. People were similarly divided about whether participation would be mandatory or optional. So 41% um, of people thought enrollment would be required. 55% thought it would be optional. Um, but those numbers vary somewhat based on how much people actually said that they had heard. So uh, folks who knew a lot about the Medicare for All plan were more likely to believe that it would be a mandatory program. Okay, so th th there's not a sort of a – no one's coalesced around the idea of universal coverage, in other words. It, it, it could be something that's voluntary in some people's minds. That's right, and I think it's, you know, it's this divide between the name does imply that it would be universal coverage, uh, but when folks think about what's really going to happen, um, they sort of assume, well, I don't think it would change anything for me. That's probably a plan for somebody else, and I think we're starting to, to hear that dichotomy come out in the public debate. And so you also asked about concerns for various types of health care issues, and then you went on and asked um, how Medicare for All might impact those issues. There was a lot of data there. So can you break that down for us, just explain what you looked at there? Yeah, absolutely. So first we wanted to understand, you know, when people think about um, what's wrong with healthcare, right? What are they most worried about? And um, far and away, the thing that people said they were most concerned about were, were consumer out-of-pocket costs, right? How much do I have to pay um, to receive medical services uh, and what, you know, can I afford it? Um, second issue was also something that was very personal to people. It was uh, which services are covered. So breadth of coverage and the cost to me were the number one issues. Uh, things that ranked lower on the list were bigger societal issues, right? The amount that the U.S. spends on health care, um, the quality of care, those were not things that uh, rated as highly in terms of people's concerns. So based on that, we then said, okay, uh, tell us what you think a Medicare for All plan would mean for some of these issues. Um, would things get better or would they get worse under Medicare for All? And generally, uh, people were reasonably positive that Medicare for All would expand coverage and that it would lower patient out-of-pocket costs. People 
disproportionately thought more people would be insured, out-of-pocket costs would be lower, and the breadth of coverage for services would be expanded. On the flip side, folks did assume that the amount that the United States is spending in healthcare in total would increase as a result of a Medicare for All plan. It's interesting. It sounds like similar goals to the ACA in terms of lowering out-of-pocket costs or you know widening coverage. H how does that square up to this type of proposal um, in, in your mind, Caroline? Yeah, I think it's such an interesting question. And, you know, politicians, as they talk about this, are going to have to decide what problem they're trying to solve. Because uh, you can solve the coverage problem and get more people insured with broader coverage, uh, but that's a different solution than, than one that seeks to reduce the total health care costs in the country. And, in fact, uh, all of those details are still in play based on which particular uh, proposal you look at. And I think, you know, we really need to decide what's the priority, because if we want to reduce costs, um, the levers that you pull for that uh, are going to be different than what we did in the ACA, which was largely a bill that was about coverage. Great perspective, uh, Caroline, and a very timely survey. If our audience would like to learn more about this survey, where can they go? Absolutely. We've got all of our results posted on our website at norc.org. And you can click there to read the press release as well as dig into more of the data that we didn't, weren't able to talk about today. Caroline Pearson, thanks so much for joining us today on the Hospital Finance Podcast. Thanks so much. Great to be here. If you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the Hospital Finance Podcast, or if you'd like to be a guest, drop us a line at update at Bessler.com. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.